Subtle Beast, everybody. I am your host, Foltz. With me, as always, my partner in crime and co-host, Mr. Steve Apostolopoulos. What's happening? What's up, Foltz? How are you feeling? I'm feeling great, as always. feel good. I feel energetic. I'm ready to do a good show tonight. It's going to be interesting. So, uh, But what's been going on with you? Everything good? Everything's good, man. Staying busy, uh, staying healthy. How about yourself? I can't complain. Just uh, taking care of business and uh, you know, just uh, making sure everything stays normal for us. So, uh, but uh, what do you want to do? You just want to you want to kick it off and just have some fun, get right into the show tonight, or what do you want to do? Well, let's see. I think that that's a great escape. I think it's a good topic tonight. I think uh, it's going to be a fun show to do. So. Yeah, yeah, I definitely could, could, We all have crazy things going on in our lives, so we could use a, a good little uh, fun distraction. So, you know, we'll get into it because we're going to have some fun talking about mermaids tonight. So uh, just sit back, relax, clear your head, and, uh, and just and, enjoy. And learn some stuff. Yeah, totally learn some stuff. So we'll kick it off with the history of the mermaid. Hans Christian Andersen's The Little Mermaid. It's a heartwarming tale of a mermaid falling in love battling evil to be with her love and living happily ever after as a human just kidding that's the disney version in anderson's the young mermaid has her tongue cut out gets burned hard by the prince when he chooses another woman and eventually dissolves into the sea foam instead of saving her own life by ritualistically stabbing said prince through the heart and bathing in his own blood oh man i i like this already yeah it's kind of like the the dark side of the mermaid yeah well if you think about it um think about like some nursery rhymes they're pretty dark too like rock of my baby on the treetop or or uh yeah uh ashes to ashes oh yeah yeah ring around the rosy yeah totally now public public relations weren't always so good between our two species Mermaids largely been thought as hell-bent on seducing sailors into the depths or just smashing boats with storms if they're not really feeling like putting the effort into being charming. So why the mixed reviews? Where did the legend of mermaid come from in the first place? Now, from ancient deities to corporate lackeys, the history of our aquatic cousins is certainly a strange one. According to Terry Breverton in his book, Phantasmagoria, a compendium of monsters, myths, and legends. Before there were mermaids some 4,000 years ago, there was a merman, E, the Babylonian god of the sea. He had a lower body of a fish, an upper body of a human, and was one of those handy all-purpose deities, bringing humankind the arts and scientists, sciences while also finding the time to battle evil. Now, if you've listened, if you're, uh, if you're, a regular listener of our podcast, E could also be is also referred to as Anki uh, between the uh, uh, Anki and uh, the guys Anki and Allele that we talked about in ET Intervention. Um, it was just uh, in a different place. Yeah, it was uh, the history of humankind, right? So uh, where are we at uh, now? E would later be co-opted by the Greeks as Poseidon and the Romers as Neptune. 
the earliest like the, the earliest mermaid like figure was likely the ancient Sirius goddess Atargatis, who watched over the fertility of her people as well as their general well-being. She too was human above the waist and fish below it, and was accordingly associated with water. The Syrians bestowed Artagatus with the biggest, most resplendent temple they could muster, which came out complete with a pond of sacred fish that you probably weren't allowed to throw coins into for good luck. Now the great Roman Pliny the Elder, whose natural history would serve as scientific gospels for centuries to follow, wrote of the Nereids. These were nymphs that, that were recognized as half-human, half-fish mermaids, though the portion of the body that resembles the human figure is still rough all over with scales. He notes that Legatus of Gaul once wrote Emperor Augustus, claiming he found a considerable number of them dead upon the seashore. Pliny also mentions seamen, who when, who when night falls, climb up into ships upon which the side of the vessel where he seated himself would instantly sink downward, and if he remained there any considerable time, even go under water. Now, such malaciousness is echoed in the sirens of Greek mythology, which variously were presented, presented as beautiful women, half bird, half woman, and as mermaids. Now, these fiends would lure men to their deaths with some sexy singing. As Odysseus well knew, he had his men strap him to the ship's mast to avoid falling victim as they passed the islands of the Sirens, while his men plugged their ears with wax. Mermaids entered European mythology with conflicting personalities. Sometimes they were portrayed as beautiful, seductive maidens, almost god goddess-like Ar Artagatis, greatly desired by lonely sailors, while also being cast as sirenesque beasts that dragged men into the inky black depths. But whatever the portrayal, mermaids wound their way deep into the nautical lore of the Middle Ages onward. You think that's where the gaming system Atari got its name? It very well could have. It's, I mean, they a lot of times... Uh, gods and yeah. like ancient deities uh gets you know re like rebooted in today's society that makes sense that makes a lot of sense now really it was best to avoid mermaids if possible and mermaid just to be sure Olaus magnus the 16th century writer and cartographer wrote seminal map carta marina obsessively cataloged the many monsters of the sea around Scandinavia. He noted that fishermen maintain that if you reel in a mermaid or mer merman and do not presently let them go, such cruel tempest will arise and such a horrid lamentation of sort of men's comes with it and some of the monsters joining with them that you would think the sky should fall. Sea people, it is widely held, were terribly bad luck to see or snag. That makes sense, man. There's some nasty stuff out in the ocean. Yeah, I mean, like we were talking about in pre-show. I mean, we probably know more about space right now than we do about some of the depths of the ocean. I mean, because we've only, what, explored like 10% of our oceans? Because we don't even have the type of equipment that can go down that far. I mean, it's probably only been within the last 20 years, 25 years, that we've had the equipment to go down and see what was left of Titanic. It, and it, it's crazy. Every time we come up with new technology that gets us deeper into the ocean's depths, we end up coming up with a whole new set of 
animals that we've never known about that live down there. Yeah, I mean, um, some uh, scientists have been after the the giant squid for years, and they've only like caught like little glimpses of it for years on video. Now, I think they ended up actually catching one, possibly. But for it drove them crazy for years, not knowing where to go or what depths to look for, or what type of you know cold water, you know, warm water. I mean, all the stuff you got to look into with these things. Well, let's see. No where were we? Let's uh, okay. Other encounters were more harmless. In 1430, in the Netherlands, it was said that after the dikes near the town of Adam gave away during a storm, some girls rowing around in a boat found a mermaid floundering around in shallow, muddy waters. According to the Standard Dictionary of Folklore, Mythology, and Legend, they got her into the boat, took her home, and dressed her in women's clothes, which was a solid choice on the account of her being a woman. She couldn't be taught to speak and remained totally mute. Now, it was a persuasive ancient belief that every land animal must have a counterpart in the sea, and humans were no exception. Clearly, there must be sea cows and sea horses and sea swine out there. So while we had mermaid represent, so while we had the mermaid representing us in the sea, some claim that things got even more specific and that the clergy had their own aquatic representatives. Now, in the mid 16th century, the French naturalist Gualume Rondelet supposedly got his hands on two specimens bearing a striking resemblance to a pair of religious types monks and bishops. The Encyclopedia Metropolitana of 1817 describes the supposed sea monk according, the face was human, almost dog-faced boy, but coarse and clownish, the head smooth and without hair, a sort of hood resembling that a monk covered the shoulders, while its lower parts ending in a spreading tail. The bishop fish was yet more wonderful, being clad by nature in the garb of the bishop. It was taken to the king of Poland, who was in benevolence, decreed it be free and carried back to the ocean. Now, but out at sea, the number of mermaid sightings exploded as the age of discovery kicked off, as men in big, expensive boats made their way around the world. John Smith of the Pocahontas era caught sight of one off Newfoundland in 1614, noting that her long green hair imparted to her an original character that was by no means unattractive. And in 1493, the expedition of Christopher Columbus, they took time out of their murdering to sight the mythical mermaid near what is now the Dominican Republic. Now, as Columbus wrote in his diary, the day before, when the Admiral was going to Rio del Oro, he said he saw three mermaids who came quite high out of the water, but were not as pretty as they were depicted. For somehow in the face they look like men, and then they have got back to murdering and enslaving. Now in reality, the Admiral had likely seen a manatee. What Smith had seen is anyone's guess, considering manatees don't venture that far north. And indeed it was strange creatures like these, a group known telling as the Syrians, that also includes the Dugongs, that explorers encountered as they made their way around the world, sadly they end up driving the most incredible Syrian to extinction, stellar sea cows. At an astonishing 33 feet long and 24,000 pounds, it was 20 times heavier than the manatee. But because it was so large, it never needed to fear predators before humans were gone. By the turn of the 19th century, it was gone. 
But it was the dugongs that were likely the source of, of the myth in the first place. They swim the waters around what used to be the former Syrian and Babylonian empires and could well have inspired the half-human, half-fish gods. Artagatus and E, and as Michael Largo notes in his Big Bad Book of Beasts, the mermaid, as a bad omen, could come from ships sailing too close to shore where Syrians congregate only to run around because when in doubt, blame the harmless aquatic mammal. But as science and reason solidified their hold in the European-American society, the mermaids slipped further out of our natural history and deeper into sailor lore. After all, out on the high seas, it never hurts to dream. I mean, it worked for Tom Hanks when he got rescued by a mermaid in Splash. And that was that part about the bishop fish was incredible. Yeah, I really like that. I mean, this is a... Really goes into detail. I mean, it, you have to you have to wonder that. Look at uh, all of the quote unquote folklore from around the country that uh, ancient astronaut theorists believe, uh, subtle beast believes that uh, some form of it actually took place because you would you would have to have some basis for it to actually have stood the test of time. Some truth out there. Yeah, totally. Well, let's keep it going. Uh, where are we at? Steve, you want to do mermaids and the other marine monsters? With most of our blue planet covered by water, it's little wonder that centuries ago, the oceans were believed to hide mysterious creatures, including sea serpents and mermaids. Merfolk, mermaids and mermen, are of course the marine version of half-human, half-animal legends that have captured human imagination for ages. One source... The Arabian Nights describe mermaids as having moon faces and hair like a woman's, but their hands and feet were in their bellies and they had tails like fishes. So the hands and feet in the bellies thing, that concept still gets me. Yeah, so it's like, I guess the, they have like short little arms or whatever, but coming out instead of on their side of their torso, it's in the, the middle belly area coming straight out. Or is it more like a T-Rex with his tiny little arms? I mean, it, it's hard to picture what they're, what they're referring to there. I'm kind of picturing the T-Rex with the tiny little arms. Yeah, I'm, I'm siding with that one. CGS Thompson, a former curator at the Royal College of Surgeons of England, notes in his book, the mystery and lore of monsters, that traditions concerning centuries, creatures half human and half fish in form have existed for thousands of years. In Babylonian deity era of Owens, the fish god is usually depicted as having a bearded head with a crown and a body like a man, but from the waist downwards has the shape of a fish. Greek mythology contains stories of the god Triton, the merman, messenger of the sea, and several modern religions, including Hinduism and Kendamomble, worship mermaid goddesses to this day. Many children are perhaps most familiar with the Disney version of The Little Mermaid, a somewhat sanitized version of the Hans Christian Andersen fairy tale, first published in 1837. In some legends from Scotland and Wales, mermaids befriended and even married humans. Mary Lau, in her book Seduction and the Secret Power of Woman, notes that in the Shetland Islands, mermaids were, are stunningly beautiful women who live under sea. Their hybrid appearance is temporary, the effect being achieved by donning the skin of a fish. 
They must be careful not to lose this while wandering about on the land, because without it, they would be unable to return to their underwater realm. In folklore, mermaids were often associated with misfortune and death, luring errant sailors off course and even onto rocky shoals. The terrifying mermaids in the 2011 film Pirates of the Caribbean on Stranger Tides are closer to the legendary creatures than is Disney's Ariel. Though not as well known as their comely female counterparts, there are of course mermen, and they have an equally fierce reputation for summoning storms, sinking ships, and drowning sailors. One especially feared group, the Blue Men of the Minch, are said to dwell in the outer hybrids off the coast of Scotland. They look like ordinary men, from the waist up anyway, with the exception of their blue-tinted skin and gray beards. Local lore claims that before laying siege to a ship, the Blue Men often challenge its captain to a rhyming contest. If the captain is quick enough of wit and agile enough of the tongue, he can best the Blue Men and save his sailors from a watery grave. Can you imagine that? It's almost like a rap battle. These guys are challenging the captain to a rap battle. (laughs) That's pretty awesome, I have to say. And if the if the captain can rap battle good enough, yeah, then he gets to save his ship. I mean, could you imagine all the 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 sailors on the ship? Like, go captain. (laughs) That's what I was just gonna say. Is he like? Was the captain like? Yo, yo, lefty, (laughs) drop a beat. I'm MC Captain, and I came to say. (laughs) And all, all like, the Merman's guys are all like, oh. (laughs) Oh, carrying on. Japanese legends have a version of of merfolk called Kappa, said to reside in Japanese lakes, coasts, and rivers. These child-sized water spirits appear more animal than human, with simian faces and tortoise shells on their backs. Like the blue men, the kappa sometimes interact with humans and challenge them to games of skill, in which the penalty for losing is death. Kappa are said to have an appetite for children and those foolish enough to swim alone in remote places, but they especially prize fresh cucumbers. That's very interesting. I was saying to Steve in uh, in pre-show, it's interesting that they they like the taste of... uh, children and they also like the taste of uh, fresh cucumbers and i was saying that we're pretty similar to cucumbers i mean we're both 90 percent water i mean humans are basically cucumbers with anxiety so i mean <laughs> they it, so it must be very similar in taste to them um mermen i mean that that's always held a uh, special place in my heart even uh, as a child in the 80s because i was a big masters of the universe he-man guy and you know one of skeletor's henchmen was was merman and you know he always talked like he had water in his mouth like bring me the pearl or something like that you know oh, that's cool but he did like similar like to the, to the powers that they were talking about he had a trident and he was always trying to i mean there wasn't really a sailor for him to get even with but uh he would go after adam prince of eternia and he-man you know and all those guys but i was not fortunate enough to see a rap battle go down between the two uh they brought up the uh giant that movie the pirates of the caribbean right 
that one character that has the octopus tentacles on his face. Freaky. Oh, that's my favorite one, man. I think that guy, they, the people that created that did such a great job like personifying the concept of that. And I think that that was uh, CGI. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, still, I mean, it, it looks so real. Yeah, that thing looked unreal. That was so cool. So, I mean, it's like I always tell my children if they say to me, well, do you think that that exists? Well... First of all, they should know their father. I'd be like, yeah, I do. But I always tell them, too, well, if you believe that uh, uh, that anything is possible or that there's an, an opposite in, in another world somewhere, well, then, yeah, it's totally possible. Yeah, it can, I mean, it, can be, it could be. Yeah, so you never know. So the reality of mermaids was assumed during medieval times when they were depicted matter-of-factly alongside known aquatic animals such as whales. Hundreds of years ago, sailors and residents in coastal towns around the world told of encounters during the Sea Maidens. One story, dating back to the 1600s, claimed that a mermaid had entered Holland through a dike and was injured in the process. She was taken to a nearby lake and soon nursed back to health. She eventually became a productive citizen, learning to speak Dutch perform household chores, and eventually converted to Catholicism. So there's a story of, uh, of one that we changed. Right. Became part of our society. Another mermaid encounter, once offered as a true story, is described in Edwin Snow's Incredible Mysteries and Legends of the Sea. A sea captain off the coast of Newfoundland described in his 1614 encounter, Captain John Smith of Jamestown fame, saw a mermaid swimming about with all possible grace. He pictured her as having large eyes, a finely shaped nose that was somewhat short and well-formed like her ears. Smith goes on to say that her long green hair imparted to her an original character that was by no means unattractive. In fact, Smith was so taken with his lovely woman that he began to experience the first effects of love. As he gazed at her before his sudden realization that she was a fish from the waist down, surrealist painter René Marguerite depicted a sort of reverse mermaid in his 1949 painting, The Collective Invention. By the 1800s, go ahead, folks. I was just going to say, so a reverse mermaid, so the top's a fish and the bottom's a human. So you have legs. Hey, you run around, I guess you'd have lungs? Or gills, I mean. I mean, you'd probably have to still survive in the water. Yeah, it kind of seems like if you had legs that they would mean to be on land. Anyway. <laughs> By the 1800s, hoaxers churned out fake mermaids by the dozen to satisfy the public's interest in these creatures. The great showman P.T. Barnum displayed the Fiji mermaid in the 1840s, and it became one of the most popular attractions. Those paying 50 cents, hoping to see a long-limbed, fish-tailed beauty comb her hair, were surely disappointed. Instead, they saw a grotesque, fake corpse a few feet long. It had a torso, head, and limbs of a monkey, and the bottom part of a fish. To modern eyes, it was an obvious fake, but it fooled and intrigued many at the time. Modern mermaids? Yes, please. Could there be a scientific basis for the mermaid stories? 
Some researchers believe that sightings of human-sized ocean animals such as manatees and dugongs might have inspired merfolk legend. These animals have a flat, mermaid-like tail and two flippers that resemble stubby arms. They don't look exactly like a typical mermaid or merman, of course, but many sightings were from quite a distance away. And being mostly submerged in water and waves, only parts of their bodies were visible. Identifying animals in water is inherently problematic, since eyewitnesses, by definition, are only seeing a small part of the creature. When you add in the factor of low light at sunset and the distances involved, positively identifying even a known creature can be very difficult. A glimpse of a head, an arm, or a tail just before it dives underwater might have spawned some mermaid reports. Modern mermaid reports are very rare, but they do occur. For example, news reports in 2009 claimed that a mermaid had been seen sighted off the coast of Israel in a town of Kirit Yam. It, or she, performed a few tricks for onlookers just before the sunset, then disappearing for the night. One of the first people to see the mermaid, Shlomo Cohen, said, I was with friends when suddenly we saw a woman lying in the sand in a weird way. At first, I thought she was just another sunbather, but when we approached, she jumped into the water and disappeared. We were all in shock because we had seen her tail. The town's tourism board was delighted with their newfound fame and offered a $1 million reward for the first person to photograph the creature. Unfortunately, the reports vanished almost as quickly as they surfaced, and no one ever claimed that reward. In 2012, an Animal Planet special, Mermaids, The Body Found, renewed interest in mermaids. It presented the story of scientists finding proof of a real mermaid in the ocean. It was fiction, but presented in a mockumentary format that seemed realistic, and the show was so convincing that the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration received enough inquiries following the TV special that they had issued a statement officially denying the existence of mermaids. A temple in Fukako, Japan, is said to house the remains of a mermaid that washed ashore in 1222. Its bones were preserved at the behest of a priest who had believed the creature had come from one of the legendary palaces of the dragon god at the bottom of the ocean. For nearly 800 years, the bones have been on display, and water was used to soak the bones and prevent them from diseases. Only a few of the bones remain, and since they've never been scientifically tested, their true nature remains unknown. Mermaids may be ancient, but they are still with us in many forms. Their images can be found all around us in books, films, Disney movies, and at Starbucks, and maybe even in the waves of the ocean if you look close enough. I love it. I mean, you have to assume, I mean, we have the term UFO for an identified flying object. We have the term USO for underwater submerged object or unidentified submerged object. Well, what if these mermen, mermaids are just some type of ET extraterrestrial or some type of ETs, uh, some race that have come here and uh, their base is under the water, almost like the, uh, you know, the ancient city of Atlantis. I mean, who's to say? I mean, if we all believe in extraterrestrials, we don't have to assume that these mermaids are, uh, are earthbound creatures that, that evolved. 
they could have they could either be ETs or they could have had uh, a help in uh, their DNA manipulation, sort of like humans. And if that's the case, they probably move much differently than anything from our world as well, which would kind of lend to them not being seen very often if they're that fast like like an alien craft would be under the water then uh, there's quite a possibility that they're seeing you before you see them right it would be interesting to know too if the mermen or mer or the mermaids could um like in the movie splash if she was on land long enough you know her fins would her fin would dry out and she would have legs but then if she got sprayed with water then her big fin would come back. And, you know, that was kind of a basis of the story. Spoil alert from 84 <laughs> that, uh, you know, the guy in the movie was chasing her around trying to expose her because he knew that she was a mermaid and kept trying to spray her with a hose and such. And, uh, you know, he was successful. And then, of course, the government took over just as they would in exposing an extraterrestrial and kept her in containment and were doing studies on her. And it, was, it would have been awful. I mean... Maybe she ended up in one of these seven places that Fultz is going to talk about next. That's right. So if you really want to be able to spot uh, a mermaid, like Steve said, here's a nice list. Now, for centuries, mermaids have captured the imagination of both sailors and landlubbers, fascinated by the idea of hidden fish people beneath the waves. Yet, the exact nature of these underwater humans has varied pretty wildly over the years. Now, even though the fantastical beings are clearly a folklore. There are still places all over the world where you can visit actual mermaids in some form or another, whether they be Barnum-esque, hokum, frolicking manatees that inspired the myth, and even some South Korean fisherwomen that have come to be known as the mermaids. All across the world, mermaids are real. Now, in Japan, if the legend surrounding this hideous little goblin found in Japan's Tenshu Kayasha Shrine are to be believed, it may be the oldest mermaid on the list. Now, as the story goes, the creature is 1,400 years old and once appeared to a local prince claiming to have once been a regular fisherman who was cursed after fishing in protected waters. The mermaid is said to have asked the prince to build the shrine as a reminder of his mistake, displaying the cursed corpse for all to see. However, a lot of people think that this might just be a taxidermy abomination. But again, that's probably just skeptics and people trying to uh, draw attention away from the possibility that it really was some type of entity that is unexplainable. That's 1,400 years old. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's almost as old as, as the Bible. So, now, Big Ben Power Plant Manatee Viewing Area, Apollo Beach, Florida. Now, possibly one of the least expected places to see so-called mermaids is in the waste water pools of this Florida power plant. It is widely believed that the myth of the mermaid is primarily inspired by manatee sightings as the bulbous, fleshy sea cows gracefully floated beneath the waves. A large group of animals continues to do do so today outside of this Florida power plant as the heated wastewater from the facility drains out and creates a comfortable environment for the creatures, which from such a close vantage point, definitely some unattractive mermaids. Yeah, I would have to say, uh, swimming in waste. Maybe maybe, Maybe that's where they originated from. Maybe they were just regularly fish, and maybe there was a person in there, and then all the toxicity of it, kind of like a... Spider-Man or a 
goblin or a joker creation where he fell into the uh, toxic waste. Who knows? It's just kind of unfortunate that the mermaids there are unattractive mermaids because generally mermaids are the attractive uh, sirens of the sea. Right. Um, Generally, they stay silent in the morning, but it's unfortunate that these are sets of mermaids that are unattractive. Right. Uh, I mean, it's a good point. Well, you have to ask yourself if you saw... if you had two identical looking mermaids that were just stunningly attractive and one swimming around in a crystal clear pool and the other swimming around in raw sewage, which one do you think is going <laughs> to look more attractive to you? I love it. I mean, <laughs> yeah, basically. So, uh, all right, we're going to go to Vermont, Grafton, Vermont. This classic Fiji mermaid located in Vermont's quaint nature museum was taken from the fraternal lodge. The ugly beast bears all the hallmarks, hallmarks of a Barnum-esque hybrid from the sickly fishtail to the desiccated body, cobbled together from unknown animal parts. Although the likely culprit is some type of small monkey, unlike many Fiji mermaids, this one has a mustache, although it's hard to say whether facial hair is a gender indicator within the mermaid psychology or physiology. It should be noted that this little guy is held in storage in the museum's basement, but brought out from time to time. Uh, it's like a special attraction, so they bust that out Yeah, up in Vermont when it's uh, yeah, a special occasion. We're going to have to make a stop there sometime and check it out. A mustached mermaid. Yeah. I would definitely like to see that. Who wouldn't? The Jiju mermaids of South Korea. Now... As opposed to the other creatures on this list, these South Korean mermaids are actually just human women who come to be known as impressive fisher people, flipping the traditional South Korean gender roles. The Hanyo of Jeju Sea Island are responsible for the community's fishing duties, earning their fantastical nicknames thanks to the practice of free diving for their catches. Unfortunately, traditional practice is nearing extinction due to the younger generation increasingly leaving the island to work in bigger cities. This, of course, has left only elderly fisherwomen to continue on as the Jiju mermaids, although their age makes them only more incredible. Yeah, I've seen free diving videos. Did you ever see those? Where I they, have. They have the guide rope, and it shows the amount of feet that they're down unreal how far they can go down yeah but you need those fresh young lungs to do it sure you do uh the fact that this is an aging uh culture if it does make it more impressive that these fisher women can go down and free dive for their catches yeah now we're gonna go to uh gonna go to canada to banff now this is the only merman on the list but you can hardly tell by looking at him this fiji mermaid type chimera located in the Canadian shop, was said to either have been acquired or actually created by the store's original proprietor, Norman Luxton. The gross-looking monster, with its clearly carved grimace, is far cry from the lovely people of the legend, but it's beloved nonetheless. <clears throat> so, okay, so from Canada, we're going to head south to Florida. The Wikiwachi, Florida's city of mermaids, is probably the closest thing going to, pardon me, is probably the closest one is going to get to seeing the idealist Western version of the sea maiden in the flesh. Uh, 
Now, since 1947, the tiny town with its population in the single digits has been known to a live mermaid show where women don glittering tails and flit around in a giant aquarium that is fed by a natural spring. The mayor of the Little Burg is even a former performer from the city, making the Wikiwachi possibly the only city in the world to be governed by a mermaid. There you go. See, I mean... Mermaids in government. Yeah, I mean, they're infiltrating all over the place. <clears throat> Takeover. Yeah, so, okay, so the last one on our list here is... Uh, we're going to uh, Copenhagen in Denmark. This is, of course, the quintessential mermaid from which almost <coughs> all other mermaids are judged. The famous Copenhagen statue was inspired by the Hans Christian Andersen tale of a commonly mermaid falling in love with the surface world. The statue is an essential vision of a mermaid as the Western world knows them. A beautiful young girl on top and a massive fish on the bottom. It's simply a classic. Oh, I love it. Me too. Have you ever been in water and a fish has touched you? Oh, yeah. Isn't it the weirdest feeling? Oh, yeah. I mean, being at the beach, you know, sometimes you know, like a, just like a Maryland crab coming by will brush up against you. Or even sometimes it'll just be seaweed brushes up against my leg. Because uh, as a lot of you are probably aware of that, a lot of the beaches on the eastern seaboard, since, the, since uh, we don't have, uh, it's not warm enough and we don't have coral in the water, the water is actually pretty dirty and you can't see the bottom. So anything that really touches you is about to start some panic going on. I have felt the slithery side of scales against like my calf and when they touch you it it also scares them. So they right. they change direction and when they change direction you can feel them like flip flip their tail against you oh my gosh it's the scariest thing in the world yeah i I, but you know what i mean some people now they may maybe they don't enjoy it in the ocean but they obviously enjoy it to some degree because i've seen uh when i lived in hawaii there was some places where you could go for a pedicure and you would stick your feet in this little tank full of these little fish that would eat like dead skin off of your feet oh my goodness i mean there'd be like hundreds of little of them in there and i it obviously made your feet really. Nah, I never did it, but apparently it makes your feet really smooth. But um, I'm good. Crazy stuff out there in the ocean, folks. Yeah. So um, when you're on your vacations this summer and you're hanging around the ocean, or if that's where you if that's where you vacation, uh, not only keep your eyes pointed at the night sky or the day sky, looking for anything unidentified but just around sunset yeah but just around sunset maybe keep your eyes peeled towards the horizon who knows you might just see the flipper of a tail or the green hair of a maiden waving in the distance or is she calling you out there for some reason don't follow the song don't follow it keep some ear or keep some wax in your ears or tie yourself to the to the mast of something so uh that's our show on mermaids we enjoyed it We hope you did too. And uh, till next time, I'm Foltz. And I'm Steve. We'll see you next time. Take care of one another. Bye-bye.